The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome in. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Bidon, joined by the handsome mustachioed man across me, the fantasy master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How you doing over there, Gray? Hey, I'm, I'm good, Bidon. Um, thanks for noticing my uh, handsomeness. Every week, I mean, it just it just <laughs> shows so so much across the screen that I I just have to bring it up with the you know the O'Neill Cruz. Shirt today that feels much more uh, on on brand. I got actually we, we can talk about Ellie Cruz. I'll just uh, <laughs> I'll block I'll block out the O'Neill part. <laughs> I need I need uh, I need Rotoware to make me uh, an Ellie Cruz Ellie De La Cruz uh, T-shirt and also a Jordan Walker T-shirt. Actually, oh my God. One half Ellie De La Cruz, one half Jordan Walker. Like one on the front, one on the back. Like yeah, this way if I'm coming towards you, you know I'm coming towards you like Ellie De La Cruz. And if I'm backing up, you know I'm backing up like Jordan Walker. I don't know. I like the commitment to it. I like the commitment to it. Yeah, I committed to it. Oh man, yeah, I. I don't have actually Ellie De La Cruz in any leagues, man. I'm I'm really bummed about it too. I I tried to get him in one league uh, this weekend with Fab. Uh, I believe we went to uh, the the we being Donkey and I um, in our uh, in our last place in our main event league. Our team is so bad. You know what? Next time 
I'm gonna try and make a note to myself. Don't draft Grayson Rodriguez, Lance Lynn, and Alec Manella on the same week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. It's not a good. It's not a recipe for success. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is the one league where uh, we tried to go uh, for Ellie De La Cruz, and Donkey was like, "We should go higher." I was like, "Well." If we didn't spend $400 for Matt Mervis, maybe we could have. But, but you know what? We don't really have the fab uh, bucks to really be spending for him. So, yeah, we came up, I, I believe we came up about $200 short of the LA De La Cruz fab bet. And um, in my other league, in my, uh, in my labor, is it labor? Yeah, labor league, which is a 12-team mixed league. Also not doing so good in that league either. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in second place in Tower Wars, though. I mean, it, they're not all failures. You can't, you can't win them all, you know. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm not in last place in the, the Labor League, but I'm not doing well. Anyway, um, in that league, it's a $100 fab, and I think I, I, think I bid, like, $25 out of, I want to say, 55 so almost – Almost a little bit, almost a little bit less than half my uh, fab that I had left, and uh, I was outbid there. I think someone actually bid fifty-three dollars. I think actually Craig Mish, uh, the Marlins beat writer, I think he bid fifty-three dollars. So he got it. He got Ellie De La Cruz. So anyway, I don't have Ellie De La Cruz in any league, unfortunately, because I I do love him. I mean, man, does he look good? I was like. You know what I was really sold. This is a. This is going to be a. Um, this is what they call in the uh, in the theater business a soliloquy. <laughs> this is a, this is a, a one man soliloquy right now. Um, you know, this is my L.A. De La Cruz forty five minute rant. <laughs> um, no, but you know what? Though, honestly, the the thing that really was like, it wasn't the home run that like <laughs> he, he hit further than anyone else. In uh, in Cincinnati this year, it wasn't that. I mean, that was pretty that was impressive. pretty nice. It, yeah, that was pretty nice. It wasn't like the steals, which he's doing like basically his lead off of first, and then he's so tall he just has to fall down and reach to second base. That's basically how he steals. He doesn't need to even run, but he is but he is fast. But that wasn't really the steals weren't really the thing that uh, that sold me. A hundred percent. It was the uh, the infield single <laughs> that he on Sunday. <laughs> he hit he hit a ground ball to the first baseman right. and beat the first baseman to the bag. That was when I was like, "Oh man, this guy's okay. <laughs> this guy's okay, man. This is this guy's pretty good." I'm kind of I'm kind of infatuated, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and it shows you. I don't have to, uh, you know. I don't have to actually roster players in order to, to love them. I, you know, it's like <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. But I can like players who aren't on any of my teams. And Ellie De La Cruz is like, ah, I got a, I got a crush on that guy. Man, he looks good. <laughs> Ellie De La Crush. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> there's the there's the title for our, our podcast of the week. I don't even, I don't even have to worry about it now. I mean, I, I'm with you in that. Like, I I love everything I see. I think it's very much like like we we were saying O'Neill Cruz off the top. Like speed, power. He's got it all. He can he can 
do everything. Uh, and as with O'Neill Cruz, the strikeout rate is probably the thing that is maybe holding him back, at least initially. But right now, he's hitting the ball so hard, it, it hasn't mattered that he's striking out like just under 40% of the time. Yeah, no, completely. And I'm sure at some point, Cincy, the, the, the park factor, the, the great American small park in Cincy, I'm sure at some point that'll come into uh, effect and it'll be like, and that'll, you know, come into play and he'll get like a, a cheap homer or two. But right now, it, he looks like he could hit the ball out of any stadium. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really matter that he's in like Cincy, you know? It's like he hits the ball so hard. And so far, man, oh, my God. It's going to be hard. Like, next year, between O'Neill Cruz and Ellie De La Cruz and Corbin Carroll and Jordan Walker, it's going to be hard for me to draft, like, normal players next year. <laughs> <laughs> what's a normal player, like, Greg? What is this yeah, normal and, uh, player? What's the Asian guy? Now, I'm not asking you because you're Asian. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, what's the Asian guy's name in the, the Hangover? Um, oh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name either. Okay, well that guy, he has this thing where he does like, like he's like he's going like this, and it's like, <laughs> if if you're watching on YouTube, you know what I'm doing. Um, and he does that. That's gonna be me in drafts next year when I'm getting Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> coming out of my pants if uh, you know what I mean um, yeah I I mean god man LA De La Cruz looks so good oh man did you get him did you get him in any leagues no so as with you like I just I don't ha- I'm a early spender in fab I, I believe you spend it early you grab guys that help throughout the whole season it hasn't exactly worked out for me this year I've missed out on an, you know an LA De La Cruz here I missed out on a couple of other guys it, it's fine Regardless, like I didn't get him in any leagues either, but I'm having so much fun just like watching him, watching him play. I feel like they need to have Ellie Cam come on, like when like Bonds was doing his thing, and when they just like they just cut over to Bonds. It didn't matter if it was like the ninth inning, you know, down one, bases loaded. They'd cut over to Bonds and be like, "All right, we're gonna go to Bonds real quick because he's either walking or hitting home run, and those are the only two options that are gonna happen." So well, the uh, well. Down one, bases loaded, it would be a good reason actually to cut over. <laughs> you mean like down 10 runs and no one on base no, no, to cut over? No, I'm saying like the game, like they could be Red Sox-Yankees. Oh, you're saying, like, oh, you're it saying could be the a actual, great game. Oh, you're saying the actual game. Gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I'm, now I'm clear. So yeah. you mean like the Red Sox-Yankees and the game's tied and it's a ninth inning, bases loaded, and they're like, one second, we have to go over to L.A. De La Cruz for his third inning at bat. Exactly. That's what <laughs> yeah, we need. I got you. <laughs> it needs to be a camera. Like, If not, put it up on like the upper right-hand corner where the scores are. We don't need that anymore. It doesn't right. matter. We don't need to see the score for at-bat. Like, like it's, at uh, bat. it's, like, it's like okay. The, uh, the O.J. Simpson in 94, but in a good way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry if it's game seven of the next game. We're going to O.J. Simpson. <laughs> no, we're we're going to Ellie De La Cruz now. Yeah, like how I watch you. <laughs> like, I have to watch for you. Good, for good reasons. <laughs> I have to watch you in a little cam so I can actually read our notes and, and follow down, you know, as we're going. 
Um, and yeah, it's it's Kim Jong, by the way, because somebody's yelling at their been yelling at their podcast for like five minutes. Kim Jong is the guy in in that's Hangover. Yeah, that's actually I think the dictator in uh, North Korea. You're thinking <laughs> that's Kim Kim Jong, not Kim. But yes, okay. Uh, but yeah, at six games. He's got a home run, three stolen bases. Like he's already hit. He's he's already gotten. A fifth in sprint speed qualifying run, Gray. Like he's six games in, he has a fifth in sprint speed qualifying run. Like that's crazy. <laughs> I want to be the uh, I want to be the person who's listening in the car, and they're like, well, I mean, I know all about Ellie Dick Cruz at this point. I want to fast forward to the next topic. <laughs> like, <laughs> Forty-five minutes later, they're like, is, is this all we're doing? It, it just like, doing Ellie De La Cruz. It's just De La Cruz Day. <laughs> Yes, it is what it is. And this is also, by the way, this is the second podcast where we've talked about (laughs) At least the second, maybe the fourth. Just two weeks ago we talked about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It's like he can hit the ball hard and he's fast. It's like, it's so, it's kind of bizarre that him and uh, and O'Neal have the same last name because they really are, I mean, they're like, they're both, Six seven, I believe. Um, they're, I mean, they're they're got they have guns for arms. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that they're like so similar, but yeah, I I'm I hear you, man. Like, Ellie De La Cruz looks special. Like yeah, he just, really does. Like it, it, even if he has like a thirty three percent strikeout rate and he hits two thirty, he's still gonna be a he's still gonna be a top forty player in drafts next year, like how O'Neill Cruz was coming into this year. Like it's still like, it's still going to be similar. I think like there's no, like it, there's no way Ellie day like Cruz, I think falls beyond like top 50 overall. And then unless, you know, an injury, God forbid, but um, you know, if he stays healthy, I, I see him like top 50 at the worst for next year. And he's got to, I mean, there's a chance here, like, we might be looking at a guy who's going to be, like, you know, top 15, like how, like, Tatis or Acuna were in, you know, their sophomore years, uh, potentially, for sure. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm obviously a fan, but, yeah. Yeah. Would you, I mean, you mentioned Jordan Walker. Which one would you rather have rest of season, Jordan Walker? Uh, I, oh, I think Cruz's, yeah, the Cruz's speed puts him on a different level. I, I you know, I, I think it's like uh, Cruz and, like, you know, like I mentioned uh, Corbin Carroll, uh, who I think we'll talk about uh, a little bit later if we ever get off of Ellie Daly Cruz. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tatis, Acuna, like, if you can steal. 30 plus bags and also hit 30 homers. You're in a you're you're in a different conversation. Like Jordan Walker, I like a lot. I don't think he's ever stealing more than 15 bags. Like I, and that's good. I mean 15 bags would be great from him because I think he's like a 35 homer guy. So, I mean, I'm all about Jordan Walker. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I think Ellie De La Cruz is just he's in a different conversation than Jordan Walker. Yeah, I will say I think Jordan well De La Cruz is like top tier speed. He's up there with like Bobby Witt, Corbin Carroll. I know he's not running because he, he's just not doing anything right now. Trey Turner, like all those guys are like top, top level speed. Like they're elite speed. Jordan Walker's in that next group of guys that have really, really great speed still. 
So I do think he can steal 20 if the Cardinals let him run. I don't know that that's going to happen. And I would go with the Ellie because I, it feels like the Reds are more committed to him playing the rest of the season, whereas who knows what the Cardinals are going to do at outfield when everybody's healthy. Right. Yeah, no, agree. All right, so the Cincinnati like 15-year rebuild that started when I was in college and is now finally taking over is, is here. Andrew right. Abbott. So what's going on with uh, CES, Christian Encarcion? Uh, he's strand. just smashing. Like, he's just like, smashing and just like he's, he's just watching everybody else. Like what, like, what are they waiting for with him? Like, it doesn't – like, I was surprised that he didn't come up first. Now I'm like we, – We all know that. Right? We, all, uh, we all know that. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. So, so I, I, I live in a cave, and I, I occasionally will echo myself. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, with Strand, like, I mean, what is going on there? Like, at some point, he is going to get called up, and it's going to be like, well, yeah, of course he's getting called up. Like, it's going to be a no-brainer at some point. I just don't know really what they're waiting for like i don't get it i I honestly it doesn't really make any sense to me because they have you know de la cruz has been called up now they called up andrew abbott um it feels like the rebuild is here like it's 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 now a go so i don't know man i don't know what's going on with uh ces honestly i have no clue I, i wish i knew i wish i understood what what they were doing with that yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think is that there's there's nowhere to play him right now. At least to like get him into the infield, they could DH him or they could DH somebody every day. But right now, it's Spencer Steer at first. I think you have to DH him. Elliot's and let third. Stevenson, let Stevenson catch. Yeah, and I mean, Stevenson I, doesn't I, have to DH, but... Like, Stevenson doesn't. Exactly. Stevenson doesn't have to DH. Like, it's like, let, let him DH. Stevenson can catch, you know five days a week and have his usual like catcher rhythm where he gets, you know, uh, sat like occasionally, like, I mean, it's a, it, I don't think it'd be that hard to get CES into the lineup to be honest. No, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's very possible. It's just, you know, when, when they're healthy. So Votto at some point is coming back. We've maybe, maybe he just, I, I don't know. Sinzel's coming back. Will Myers, Jake Fraley coming back. It's still a lot of people to fit in there and get him. Although none of those people really need to play if, if they're just rebuilds on. Like that whole list of people I said can ride the bench. Yeah, I would. I would say, uh, you know, have a conversation with Joey Votto and be like, "Yo, man, your your career's taken off on TikTok. Listen, we we had a good run. Why don't you just retire, man? We've already was, paid you. It was fun. It was. It was <laughs> we had a good time." You know, like we had we had fun. We had a fifteen year rebuild around yeah, you. Yeah, like you you carried us to third place some of those years, and we appreciate the pirates it, who weren't even trying to win. You enjoy, you helped us beat the pirates occasionally, so we appreciate <laughs> that. But it's time you retire. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to happen, but I, I think that's what's holding it up. Like. We'll wait and see what happens with Senzel. If he's out for any kind of extended period, then I, I think we do see Strand in some some manner, and they move it and, and make it work. Um, Andrew Abbott, you already mentioned him. He, he got called up. Fastball, curveball, shows the change. 
He has like a flatter curve or a slider as well. He's had 11 and two-thirds innings. He has 10 strikeouts, seven walks, zero earned runs so far against St. Louis and uh, at home for Milwaukee. Do you like Andrew Abbott in a deeper 12-team league? I or is it 15 don't. and above? <laughs> I don't like him. As I, matchup I, you know what? I like... I, I like him in an NL only, but that's like, you know, I, I would pick up anyone in NL only uh, if they were in the NL. <laughs> so that doesn't that doesn't really do you much good. Um, Abbott, I feel like his command is just so bad. I, I would not go near him. Like, honestly, that he was, I think it was something like he was the first uh, Reds pitcher in like 100 plus years to have like, uh, a debut of five plus innings, uh, shutout innings, and then follow it with five more shutout innings. I, that's like such an odd anomaly that doesn't really make. I mean, it, it didn't make any sense because if you look at his numbers, you're like, yeah, he doesn't look very good. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go near Andrew Abbott. Honestly, even in a a 15-team mixed league, I wouldn't mess with him. His numbers look really bad. Like uh, under the under the surface of like you know under that pristine ERA, the strikeouts and the walks and yeah, it's just I wouldn't touch him. Yeah, I think it's it's a matchup play in 15-teamers, but yeah, you don't have to necessarily roster him. 12-team probably avoid until we see more, and and even then, like you said, I don't think. This is necessarily something that's going to carry over. The curveball's nice. Like, it's it's a nice pitch. So, if he just kind of leans on that, maybe there's something on, on that side. Uh, Coco Montez called up uh, the second baseman for the Rockies in AAA this year. He has 12 home runs, four stolen bases. He's at 321, 401, 560. He's at a 23% K rate and an 11.7% walk rate. Uh as a, as a minor note, before we get into Coco, they did sign Jorge Alfaro if you're in like a four catcher in an only league. <laughs> who, who signed them? Uh, the Rockies. Rockies. Yeah, to a minor league deal. They've uh, they lost a couple catchers. So Rockies. Here, here we are. The only thing surprising about the Rockies is they didn't go out and sign uh, Luke Voigt. I mean, he's, <laughs> they had so many opportunities to clog up Nolan Jones. So it's kind of surprising they didn't do anything with that. Um, yeah, I you know, Coco Montez, to me, looks like a solid, like, he would be, I think, a 15-team mixed league play. Like, his numbers look excellent when you look at, like, um, you know, he's got good power and speed. He was able to, uh, you know, cut his strikeouts in AAA. He's a little bit old for the level, so there's a chance there that, he could be like a quad A player, but he's really interesting if it wasn't for the fact that it's the Rockies. And I mean, they're never going to play him. <laughs> Let's be honest, they will play him. <laughs> but Black is, is like, hey, bud, we got, uh, you know, we got bad news. Charlie Blackman is injured. Oh, no, our outfielder's out. Okay, let's call up a second baseman. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why is why was Coco Montes even called up because of like Harold Castro's at second and he's awful but but Black has been playing him like just about every day like every day yeah like you know I don't know man because it, it's like it's almost like it's a disservice as a Rockies prospect to be a righty because that means you're getting benched 
against righties, which is so <laughs> dumb. I mean, that's really dumb because if you think about it, most pitchers are righties. So it's like, where, so what do they have? It's like the Rockies are developing a bunch of, like, uh, loogie hitters, which is so <laughs> stupid. I mean, that's really dumb. Like, if you think about it, it's like, you don't want guys who can only face lefties. It's not It's not the way to build a, a, a championship team. But somehow, you know, the Rockies, I mean, they're, they're just so, they're such a baffling organization to begin with. So, I mean, who knows? But I honestly, I don't think Coco Montes plays outside of like some starts against lefties, which is, I mean, absolutely dumb. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not a smart move, but I think that's what's going to happen here. I don't, I just don't see him getting the uh, proper at bats that would make him like worthwhile in like mixed leagues in an NL only. Yeah, of course. In an NL only, like I said, you know, with Andrew Abbott, it's like, yeah, of course. But in an NL only, sure. I've been, I actually even been on Coco Montez in a couple of my NL only teams, and I was happy to get him in one league because for an NL guy, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, even if he only starts like twice a week, that's fine in NL only. Not ideal, but it's, you know, it's okay. Yeah, you hope for Um, more. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, and who knows, maybe, you know, he gets lucky. And he actually like hits hits well against lefties. I mean, you know, you can, you can dare to dream, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I like I like if Coco Montez was on like literally any team where he was getting everyday at bats, I'd be actually really excited about him. But I just don't see it happening with the Rockies. I would I would agree. I for some reason they're going to play Harold Castro and just let that happen. They're going to carry three catchers. Um, it's it's the Rockies. Let's let's just move on from that and stop being depressed about how they run their organization. Uh, there are rumors that Ronnie Mauricio is going to be called up for the Mets at some point soon. In AAA this year, he has eight home runs, nine stolen bases. He's hitting three twenty, three sixty, five twenty four. He's got a sub seventeen percent walk rate, a four percent or sorry, a sub-17% K rate, a 4% walk rate. Uh, last year in AA, he went 26-20, 259, 296. Is this kind of the next priority add if he's coming up, Gray? Yeah, I mean, yes. I. But, like, where does where is he – like, where is your – where do you think his playing time is? I, I'll ask you because I don't know. <laughs> where, where, do you, where do you think he's playing? Um, I honestly have, have no idea. Maybe he's going to DH some, but they, Tommy Pham's actually been hitting well and they're already platooning him versus, and he's, he's a loogie, another great organization creating a bunch of, of loogies and just sticking in them at the bottom of their, their order there. Um, I, I honestly don't know where he, he would play other than DH. Yeah. I mean, that's my heart. That's the hard part with him. Uh, Cause I think he, I think he should play. Right? I guess he could play second and you move McNeil out to the outfield. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's so hard because they're kind of like like Lindor obviously has to play, right? I mean yes. he's not this, he's this. not he's not going anywhere. Um and then you have like, you know, McNeil who you mentioned, who can go to the outfield, but then like what happens in the outfield? Marte has to play. Ken Ha, Ken, 
platoon, I guess, but I mean, he's not in, indefinitely platooning. And then you have like um, Nemo, who's, I mean, he's an everyday player. Like, you know, he's not really, he's not a guy you bench, maybe against a tough lefty here and there, but even that, like rarely. So I just don't, I don't see where he plays if he gets called up. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll cross the bridge of him getting called up when he actually gets called up. But when he does, I can tell you right now, unless there's an injury or someone gets randomly DFA'd by the Mets, I don't see myself getting that excited about him getting called up. Like, you know, except for NL only, because, you know, anyone in NL only or AL only, if it were an AL team. But, yeah, I, I mean, I like him. I just don't see – I don't see the area – I don't see his playing time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's completely fair. They called up Francisco Alvarez and benched him for a month. So, it's, I mean, it's definitely possible that they do something like that. I, I'm trying to find ways that it works. Like, maybe Beatty moves to first base and Mauricio plays third, although I don't think he's ever played anything other than shortstop. So, any position is going to be kind of an adjustment for him. But, he's, he's I mean, he has to move off short. I, I don't know why that process hasn't started to happen already, to be honest. That seems... A little short-sighted, but that's fine. That's uh, that's the Mets organization. Uh, speaking of, of sad call-ups, Joe Adogo called up. I got excited to put him on the notes. He hit home run. I was like, all right, we're, we're back on the Joe Adele train. Sit back down. <laughs> he should not. Honestly, Joe Adele <laughs> probably has a class action lawsuit or something. Like, he, could probably, he could probably sue the Angels or, or, or sue someone because, like, what's going on right now with him? I mean, he's got nearly 20 homers in 55 games. He's got 18 homers in 55 games in AAA this year, hitting 278. I mean, the strikeout rate isn't great, but come on. He just doesn't care. 18 homers in 55 games, and he's 24. I mean, it's like you're just – you're wasting him. Like, well – like, just trade him for an arm if you don't have room to play him, which, I mean, fair enough. The Angels really don't have room. That's fair. I, I, if I'm the Angels, I probably wouldn't have went out and got Renfro. <laughs> probably, <laughs> I probably would have actually just played Adele, like, or, or, you know, set up my team to, to play Adele, like, coming into the year. Like, I probably would have done that if I was the Angels, but they didn't do it. So it's like you're not benching. Uh, Ward, Trout, or Renfro indefinitely. So it's like, just trade Adele. Just trade him, man. <laughs> it's like such a... I mean, this is so obvious. It's like, come on. It's, yeah. like, it's such a waste. I mean, what a waste. Like, honestly, like, I think he should sue. <laughs> sue, man. I, I would totally be... I, I'd go... I'd put a... Uh, I'd put a hat on my head and shave my mustache and, and become a jury member. <laughs> and, but, Nobody go, would see it coming. Go disguise. Most people go in disguise by putting on a mustache. I would shave my mustache and go into the jury. Put in contacts. Yeah, I would put in contacts, shave my mustache, put a hat on that says um, MLB owners are number one. <laughs> and, then, and then I would go and sit on jury and I would, I would give Adele like $150 million. <laughs> And if the judge ever hears this, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was a joke. It was totally it was a, a joke. joke. It was a joke, man. Uh, speaking of another joke, um, and this is this is another one that I got like semi excited for. Luis Patino got called up, then he got rocked by the Rangers and sent back down for Jose Lopez. I mean, I don't think there's anything really to say here. Jose Lopez seems like he's going to the bullpen, so you know that's that's kind of whatever. Are you interested in Luis Patino if they like? The Rays have a need. Do you think Patino is going to get a chance? Because he's, I don't know, he's always been a you know an exciting arm, but I don't. Yeah. It's another well, Rays I mean, weird I one. I feel like with uh, like you're like I I totally uh, think like you know your stuff, but if it were between you and the Rays, and the yeah. Rays are saying Patino isn't ready. I guess he's not ready, man. But he's not ready. I mean, his number is a A this year, but I'm absolutely I'm, absurd. I'm going to side with the Rays. Only in this one instance. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's fair. That's totally uh, fair t- fair take there. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I mean, the numbers aren't great on Patino. So, you know, people are like, yeah, the yeah. Rays are right. You're, you're an idiot. Um, Edward Julian is back up for the Twins. That's, that's exciting. And it looks like he has at least a somewhat extensive stay Jorge Polanco is going to the IL with a, a hamstring strain, the same hamstring that he just came off the IL for, and they say it's worse this time. So I'm thinking at least a month, if not longer, for Edward Julian. 30, 38 games at AAA. He had five home runs, three stolen bases. He's hitting 293, 435, 496. He had 21 games up at the majors. He hit 246 with four home runs and a stolen base. I think this is kind of a sneaky one that went under the radar, like in pickups this week. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. I think it was probably a guy who should have been bid on more aggressively for Fab, and and probably wasn't in most leagues. I yeah, I mean, I think Polanco is toast at this point. I mean, maybe he comes back later in the year. Uh, I you know, it's like anytime. It's sort of like with Brandon Lau, uh, the Rays' first baseman. Like, whenever a guy is, like, so injured that he is still injured when he gets back to spring training, that's not not a good – that's not good. It's not a good sign. And, uh, you know, and Lau's out again with the bad – with the lower back issues, which he's – you know, he's struggled with those all through last year, and he's got them still. So it's not good for him. And it's the same with Polanco. It's the same situation where, like, Polanco's probably not going to be good this year. And I, I don't know if he's ever getting back to, like, where he was. Like, I was, you know, for a long time I was a fan of Polanco's. But at this point, I think, I think Polanco is, like, I don't know, maybe he needs – a full year to recuperate. Something's wrong with his legs. I don't know, um, but it's not good. So with that said, Julian looks like you know he could get run at uh, you know at second base for a while. I don't really see like anything else like other than maybe the occasional like you know Kyle Farmer uh, coming in or Donovan Solano. Um, possibly like you know getting the occasional at bats against lefties but for the most part i think julian's probably gonna you know get every day ish at bats if not every day at least every righty at bat uh he's probably gonna hit leadoff um yeah he, he looks he looks like he could surprise i you know i still worry about his 
strikeout rate. It's not great. Uh, it's yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't good um, at least in like high A. And then it got better a little bit as he progressed in the minors. But I mean, he does take a lot of walks. He's good for on base um, on base percentage. So I mean, there's a chance here where I could see him being. 12 team mixed league valuable like he's definitely has that potential he's got he's got good power not you know not crazy speed a, a bit of speed though and um yeah i mean might hit 230 so you know maybe good power hit 230 handful of steals and at the top of a a lineup yeah i mean that, that's i think that's 12 team mixed league uh worthy at least in you know, in in situations where you need runs and maybe uh, you know, and, and maybe see if you can get some upside potentially. Um, you know, thinking off the top of my head of another guy who's in a similar situation. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, like Bryson Stott is uh, probably lower on power, better on average, maybe about the same on speed. But you know, in in a similar situation, even though. You know, Kyle Schwarber has been leading off for the Phillies. So not not exactly uh, the same situation, but, yeah, I mean, like, the same position at least. Uh, and Bryson Stott, I believe, is probably rostered in 50% of 12-team mixed leagues or more. So, yeah, I mean, and Julian, I would guess Julian's under 5% rostered. So, you know, to give you an idea of, like, Julian's available to people if they want to go out and get him. In a 15-team mixed league, absolutely. Um, I would say Julian's definitely uh, someone who's got sneaky value in a 15-team league. 10-team mixed league, he's, he's not quite there yet. Yeah, he, he's like a middle infielder if you're in like a daily situation and he's just, it's a short day and you're playing him. That's the kind of situation for a 10-team. I agree with the rest. I think he's, you know, middle infield worthy in a 12-team in a 15-team league, yeah, I think he he's, should be owned at this point. Maybe not every team needs him, but he should by, be owned by somebody. Um, next up is uh, our uh, – we have to take a moment of silence for the Jordan or Alvarez oblique injury. Oh, man. Yeah, someone actually in the comments said something like, is uh, Jordan injury prone? And I was like, oh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I, feel I like, like you. I like Jordan too much. I can't. <laughs> I can't say that. Don't, I'll say. Don't, it. I mean, he's always me, kind of had that label. That don't put me in that situation, please. He's always had that label. Like even coming through the minors, it was like he doesn't stay healthy for a full season, but he's going to crush the ball while he's there. I mean, one forty-five is perfectly fine. Like, how many guys do you get more than like one thirty-five, one forty-five from anyone? Oh, definitely. And I, I think one thirty-five. Uh, that's the games, uh, 135 games played. He could approach 40 homers and have great runs in RBIs and hit 320. Like he doesn't need to play 160 games. I think, you know, I think you take, you take the 135 and you fill in for the other, you know, 20 plus. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's going to be perfectly fine for what he's given you. Maybe that brings his value down below the other, you know, I don't know if, if everybody remembers back to what we were talking about in like draft season where they're like, there's a handful of guys who just smash the ball and any one of them could be the guy that year that's the number one, like, 
hitter of outside of outside of stolen bases that just becomes the number one hitter. Last year was Aaron Judge. He had a historic season. Like this year, Jordan was on track to be the guy until he had the injury. Like it could be Jordan Judge, uh, Vlad. Pete Alonso is in that conversation for sure. He is having a great season. Like there's a number of guys that could be in that conversation. So maybe he moves back a little bit out of the, that top grouping, but like he's so good. Yeah. And also you don't, I mean, I, I know probably people's, uh, you know, their, their immediate, like, you know, their, their worry at least 135 games becomes 115 games. And then you have like a guy who's missing two months of the season and you're like, uh, (laughs) that's, that's the, you know, I think the worry a little bit with Jordan, but you know, hopefully I, I kind of like, I mean, it's, it's silly to not like, you know, the fact that the Astros are worried about their, their top, one of their top players at least. Uh, but I, I hate that they always send them for tests. (laughs) but it's like every time like something goes wrong it's like oh you're not going for tests back in houston like can't you just say he's got an oblique injury doesn't need tests why does he have to get tests so much stop with the tests just let him just let him go just let him go on the il for a week and a half like you don't have to test him Somebody just asked the question. Somebody asked, "Where's Jordan?" Somebody, and then they were like, "He's he's going back to Houston for test." And that that's what you get. That's what you get, Gray. That's what you're reading and, and freaking out about. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. I, I just want to hear that he's injured. He's just. He's just. It's it's a boo boo. He'll be okay. Yeah, that's all I want. Because that, because more times than not, that's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, Jordan's got uh, like his neck is bothering. He's going back to Houston for tests, and then like three days later, it's like, oh, he's in the lineup again. It's like, what, what was the test for then? What's he doing, man? Is this guy just like like using up his insurance? <laughs> just making sure, you know, you gotta stay healthy while you have uh, while you have it. <laughs> um. Kadon Smith and Jigba was called up by Pittsburgh, the outfielder. Uh, 28 games in AAA, has seven home runs, four stolen bases. He's sitting 245, 339, 547 with a ton of Ks. He just he just strikes out a ton. This is uh this is one I am probably staying away from just overall, Gray. I I'm usually a power speed, everything else be damned type of guy, but I I think the average dropout here might be too much. Yeah, he's got like a a Michael a Michael A. Taylor or like a Victor Robles type feel to him. Like even even like in the best case scenario, that like even if even if he gets playing time, which I don't know if he is, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like he can make enough contact to really matter at, at least outside of NL only, and even in NL only. Is really kind of scraping the bottom uh, as of right now, at least. I, I don't, I don't know if he gets real playing time. Yeah, I, I would, I would pretty much agree with that. Moving on, uh, Nate Eaton was called up for Kansas City, the outfield. He may already be going back down. I'm not sure what his his status was for this, but he has two home runs, ten stolen bases. He's hitting two ninety, three forty seven, four sixty four, eighteen uh, percent K rate, and a 8% walk rate at AAA. 
If he's staying up, are you interested in Nathan Eaton at all? It's either Nate or Nathan. It's it. It just depends on which system you look at. Uh, Nate Eaton. Uh, I think yeah. No, I don't think he has enough playing time, and I'm not. I'm not really interested in him. Uh, even if he were playing every, if he were playing every day, then there's a conversation to be had. But I don't think he's going to have the at bats to matter outside of like. AL only, and even there, like you said, he could have already been sent down. I don't think there's anything really there. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think he's look. If you are desperate for speed, maybe you could you could put him in there in a, in a deep league. But that's about the only thing I, I'm thinking that you could even potentially use him for. Um, speaking of a guy you could just use for his speed is Vidal Brujan. He was called up again, 32 games at AAA. He has four home runs, nine stolen bases. He's hitting 238, 355, 412. Uh, 32 plate appearances in the majors. He's hitting 172 and hasn't done really a whole lot of anything else. Uh, this, I mean, this guy that like at one point was in the top like 20 of, of prospects. And, I mean, it, it always just catches my eye when he gets called up. But I don't know that there's anything here, Greg. Yeah, no, not the way the Rays are playing them. That's for sure. I I don't know. I mean, I I say like on uh, you know the other day I said this about Chris Taylor. Like he he got a hundred million dollar contract. I think basically because Dave Roberts plays them. <laughs> and, and I think like and what makes me think of that is like if Vidal Bruhan were on the Dodgers and if Roberts were to play Bruhan as much as he plays Taylor. I think Bruhan could be a hundred million dollar player. Like I just think Bruhan is stuck in the Rays system where like they just won't, you know, they're just not playing him. I they won't. I don't think there's any chance that like he becomes an everyday player without some major injuries in front of him. Like he needs because even with the injuries as they are now. He's still not playing. Like, they call him up, and they don't play him. So it's like they need – so they have one injury. Uh, I think it was Lau, potentially. Like, Lau goes down. They call up Bruhan. Bruhan doesn't play. So that means they need at least one more injury to even, like, have him sniff playing time. And for whatever reason, I don't think – I don't think the Rays are ever going to play him, like – Consistently, I think if anything, if they had another injury, say to like you know any of their other players, like Bruhan can fill in anywhere, but so can Harold Ramirez and Manuel Margot, and I think those probably those guys would probably see playing time before Bruhan. So Bruhan honestly might need two more injuries in order to get playing time. Like there's just no chance here. Like. Him and Joe Adele should go start their own team. <laughs> please. Please send them somewhere else. I just need to know. Like, for my sanity, I need to see them play in the major leagues just to see if they can. Like, maybe they can't. It's it's the Rays. Like you said, they're smarter than I am. No doubt. But, like, I just want to see it. I just want to yeah, see them like, play. Like, 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 who says, like, send Noah Syndergaard to the Rays, and he becomes a Cy Young candidate, <laughs> and send Bruhan to the Dodgers, and he becomes like a top 15 fantasy player. 
Like immediately. Leads the league and runs somehow. Like literally as soon as they step off the plane, it'll be like transformed. <laughs> uh, uh, while we were while we we're taking the moment of silence, we should have done it. We should have done it for Pete Alonzo as well. He's a long time, uh, you know, long time uh, supporter of his. Gray, you, you've already always led the bandwagon. Uh, but you, we've we've been joking about who's signing Luke Foyt, and the answer is uh, the Mets. Yeah, yeah, the Mets, <laughs> the Mets. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, Pete Alonso's that was a that was a brutal blow from for my teams because I had I had uh, Pete Alonso in a bunch of places. I think, you know, Luke Voigt signed. I think he might even signed a, a minor league deal. I don't know. But, like, I, even if Luke Voigt, like, is in the major leagues for the Mets, I don't think he's necessarily an everyday player, even for the Mets. Even without Pete Alonso, like, I think, you know, unless they DFA Vogelback, which they, honestly, they could. It wouldn't shock me to see Vogelback at DFA. Yeah. And then um, Ventos is, like, you know, he's a good first, he's kind of corner man DH and... I mean, you could see you could see Void getting like platooned at best. Like so, even so, even if he gets called up and he gets platooned, he's got to do something for most leagues before he's really fantasy viable. So I yeah I I don't know, but the yeah the Pete Alonso thing stinks, man. I I lost Pete Alonso and Jordan Alvarez like. Within like three days of each other, it's really. It was. Uh, I, I'm on the struggle bus <laughs> already <laughs> in a bunch of leagues, um, and that was like, yeah, that was that was bad. That yeah. was a bad and then like Vinny Pascatino, who I I think that's our next one. You can go ahead. You can intro it. <laughs> uh, you already did. I mean, he he's hurt too. Just adding adding to the the injuries that are piling up. Um, yeah, and now and like the Pascatino one, like Alonzo, I mean the Alonzo one as bad as it looked, I kind of like prefer that because at least you saw where the injury happened. Where with Pascatino, they're like, oh, he has shoulder instability. Like, what does that mean, bro? What is, is he using this? Like, is his shoulder no good for Jenga? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that mean? It's really is bad on a snowboard. It's like, it's like, yeah, is he like, is uh, he's going to tip over when he gets off of the the, the, the ski um, lift? If he's on a snowboard, if he's on a snowboard, what's he doing on a snowboard playing baseball? Yeah, I don't, you know what? I mean, uh, I'm getting daffy here, but you know, I don't, I don't know like what that means, honestly. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I know people tune into this and they're like, well, Gray's like practically a doctor. <laughs> um, but I don't know what uh, shoulder instability means. Hopefully, hopefully he's fine because that sounds like the kind of thing where like Brandon Lau, not to keep going back to Brandon Lau, but that sounds like the kind of thing that's like just cr- props, like just uh, like shows itself randomly and he has to miss like weeks at a time. Like I you know, I don't want to put that on him, but that doesn't sound good at all. Shoulder instability. Like that sounds like one of those things where they're like, we don't know what it is, but we're gonna say it's shoulder instability. 
Like, I don't know, man. I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty concerned about that. Um, you know, anyway, with that said, uh, you just got to, you know, hold on to him and hope he's fine. But uh, anyway, Nick Prado looks pretty good to me. I mean, he's obviously he's hitting for a high Babbitt. Right now it's over 450, which isn't sustainable. But he could probably hit for as much power as Pascatino. Um this year and have you know maybe a handful of steals he's not going to hit for as good an average even though right now he's hitting for 288 he's probably more of a 235 hitter uh so it's his average will be less than pascatino but he should hit for about the same amount of power and and steals potentially so yeah i like prado a lot actually i think i think he's a good you know he's a good grab in 12 team mixed leagues and deeper the 10 team is a little too shallow i think for prada right now yeah i think uh 12 team and but you have to know that like it's a streamer and there's gonna be a wall at some point where this 288 is just gonna bottom out completely but he's hitting you know at the top of the lineup most days so you could you could do worse than nick prado right now as he's just hitting everything so enjoy it while it happens uh you mentioned corbin carroll earlier I just kind of wanted to bring him up because let's talk about like where he's starting to fit in for next year. And as we're moving forward for the rest of this year, like it feels like he's maybe potentially number two behind Acuna. And that's, that's it. Am I, am I crazy? He's right now he, on the player radar right now. He's number three behind Acuna and Freeman. Uh, Free, Freeman, yeah, I was how, wrong. How'd you feel about Freeman coming? Yeah, I was here? wrong. I didn't realize he was going to steal <laughs> like more bases at 35 years old. I was like, I was like um, yeah, no, I, I, I've been wrong plenty. Of <laughs> I didn't realize he was going to steal more I was, bases. I was with you, but Corbin Carroll, honestly, <laughs> like if you watch him play, like he feels like the kind of guy, like even if you're not a scout, you can watch Corbin Carroll and be like. Yeah, this guy's a top five fantasy really guy. Good. <laughs> like pretty, like it's pretty obvious. So you can look at him and be like, yeah. I mean, he can hit a gapper and get a triple like nothing. Like he's so fast. Like he's probably I don't I don't have the sprint speeds in front of me, but I gotta imagine he's at least top five in sprint speed. I oh, mean, he's he is one or two. Like yeah, yeah, probably one or two, right? Uh, I mean, number four, sorry, he's number four right now. Like, I don't know where Ruiz is. What did you say? He's number four? Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, top five. Yeah. I mean, he is so fast, though. But you have other guys like Ruiz and, like, you know, guys who are just burners. Corbin Carroll's got power. Like, he could hit 30 homers. He looks so good, man. It's so – I was thinking of this the other day that, like, between, like, Corbin Carroll – uh, De La Cruz, O'Neill Cruz, uh, Acuna. Like, it feels like it's a Carl Crawford renaissance, right? <laughs> all these guys that are like 20 to 30 homers, 50 plus steals, hit for a good average. Like, it's, you know, I mean, Ellie De La Cruz could potentially hit for a bad average, like we mentioned earlier. But, like, there's... There's a lot of guys right now that can go like 25, 50, 280. <laughs> that's really, I mean, that's really good for fantasy, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Corbin Carroll, 
I mean, I honest, like, what do we have? We have Acuna, Corbin Carroll. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, who else? Like Tatis. I don't like, know. Tatis I mean, probably belongs in the discussion. It depends. In a daily league, you can obviously make a case for Otani. Yeah. Um, depending on where he ends up, uh, you know, in the off season, but Wander, Wander, because his like average is. I mean, it's not. He's not going to bottom out. No, yeah, right. Like, Wander is great. I mean, Wander's another guy. Like, he's not quite as fast as yeah. uh, Carroll and, you know, Acuna. But Wander's another, like, I mean, he's probably 30, 30, a 30, 30 bet. Potentially more. I mean, it's like he is, he's running a lot. Um Julio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some really good. Uh, Bo Bichette, no, <laughs> I'm joking. Not Bo Bichette. He's not stealing. He's not stealing thirty bases. <laughs> That's not happening. Not unless yeah. he's getting caught yeah, seventy no, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm joking. Bobby no. Wick. Bobby Wick could get super hot, and he's got the speed to do it. But yeah, yeah. I mean. But that's like I mean, a, he's got to get hot. Like Bobby Witt's going to be an average drain to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, not not like terrible, like unsustainable or something. But I mean, he could have a crazy Babbitt year where Bobby Witt could hit for a good average. I mean, that's I mean that's possible. But yeah, I mean, Acuna, Corbin Carroll. Otani, Wander, that's like, I mean, very, I mean, there's very few guys in those elite, elite, elite guys, but those guys are, I mean, they're, they're there right now for sure. Corbin Carroll looks incredible though. Yeah, he <laughs> looks, he looks nuts. Like, just focusing on Corbin Carroll, like he looks so good. Like, I'm so glad I got him in like, you know, I have him in uh, Tout Wars, a uh, 12 team NL only. I have him in uh, a couple. Um, I have I have him in shallower leagues. I have him in a fifteen team league. Like he is doing so. Like he's carrying like my steals <laughs> in like some. <laughs> like he's just like basically it's him and that's it for some of my leagues for steals. And he's getting you know he's hitting for a good average. He's hitting for power. Oh man, yeah, it's been fantastic having Corbin Carroll. He's been so good. He is basically like. He is an Acuna injury away from being, like, the best guy in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be, like, him, Acuna, Julio Rodriguez. Like, that's that's going to be the trio going in the next year. And you're yeah. just going to have to decide which one of those three you want to you wanna ride with. And, and normally, you just honestly go with the youngest one. But there's always that second season thing, so I'm sure... Carol probably end up third of them, but they're all yeah. amazing. Oh, totally. But you know what? With that, with that in mind, though, like speed doesn't slump. So it's like even if he gets like in a bad way in a in a bad slump, like he could steal thirty five plus forty five plus bags, even like in a slump where he hits two forty, <laughs> like that potentially. I mean, and you don't want that, but he could he could still steal forty plus bags. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's take let's play a uh, quick game of everybody's favorite. I mean, it got such rave reviews last time, Gray. We have to bring it back. <laughs> All right, scientific fact: Sex Panther, or I don't believe you. 
You should uh, you should qualify. Tell tell people what they mean because okay. honestly, I don't even remember. All right, so this is Anchorman themed. If you've never seen Anchorman, I'm sorry. That's on you. Go watch it. Uh, so scientific fact means Gray believes in the player. He believes in what they're doing. Yeah, they're they're good to go. Sex Panther. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. So this is a streamer. This is you know it's it's it. It's a hot streak. Enjoy it while it's it's going, but it, it's gonna stop. And then there's I don't I don't believe you, and that is you don't believe them, and uh, you should you should trade them or move on or uh, you know maybe again maybe you enjoy the ride, but there's there's not really real belief there. Let's start with just Dong, J D Martinez. Since returning on May twelfth, he's hitting two ninety five, three nineteen, and he's hit twelve home runs. Gray. Is just dong back to just donging? <laughs> his, I was actually surprised. I thought he'd be a sex panther, but he's kind of scientific fact when you look at his numbers. Like his hard hit percentage is out of control. Like his soft, uh, it's, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense that he would be all hard <laughs> and not soft. If now we're getting in a weird place. Let's let's, let's get a, out of the weird place. It's, it's, yeah, if you if you fast forward through Ellie De La Cruz and you just stopped right there on uh, he's just dong is all hard and not soft, <laughs> and he's not a sex panther. You're you're confused, and I can understand why. Uh, yeah, no, I mean he looks like he's back to his old self. I, I mean I, it's surprising to me because honestly I was out on. J.D. Martinez coming into this year. And I think he's still potentially prone to, like, injuries because he's older. And, you know, he hasn't – I mean, he has more or less stayed healthy for, like, the last, you know, five or six years. Like, it, it hasn't been, like, a matter of him, you know, not being healthy. So I don't want to necessarily say, like, he's injury prone. He was way earlier in his career. But he's not anymore – uh, at least not recently, but he is older. So, you know, you never know what could happen with maybe he gets, like, dinged up. But right now, he's getting donged up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, he's got 16 home runs on the season. If I put the over-under at 12, are you taking the over for the rest of the season? We're about 40% of the way through. Oh, over. Over? Yeah. Okay. Easy yeah. over. Yeah, that's yeah, that's easy. All right, his average right now is two sixty nine. You taking the over on two sixty nine rest of the season? No, that that's actually close. I would say, I'd say two sixty. Yeah, I think I'll take the over. Like the average has always kind of been there. It was the power I was a little bit worried about. So I, I think yeah. I'll take the over on that one. But I, I think that's a good number. Like I think two seventies, right about where he right about where I expect him to finish this season. Yeah. Um, so scientific fact on Jenny Martinez, I think again, like two weeks ago, I think we both would have been in the sex Panther, you know, <laughs> alley there. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, he's, he's crushing, uh, Luis Areas has the number of strikeouts. I mean, are just starting to hit puberty at 13. <laughs> uh, he's hitting three ninety seven, but with one home run, one stolen base, he's number 85 on the player. I was, I was shocked that he was only number 85 on the player Raider. Um, it shows. I mean, that, honestly, that kind of shows you how useless average is. How dumb average. It is. But he's hitting three ninety seven. Great. That's crazy. Uh, meantime, he's probably like top five on the ESPN player rater because <laughs> <laughs> they overrate average so much. I think. 
I think that says a lot that he's that low on the player rater and he's hitting 400. I mean, it, you know, it's like he really is a one-trick pony. Um, I'm going to say it depends on what you need, though, because if you need average, I mean, I do think he's scientific fact for average, but he is like he has one homer and one steal on the year. I mean, that's like ridiculously terrible. I mean, that's so that's so useless outside of like the the batting average. So the batting average, I do think scientific fact, but everything else about him is 100% sex panther or I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically non-existent. He's going to hit up in the average, so the runs are there, but like that's that's it that you get out of him. I, I'm again, I'm still surprised that hitting 397. Just given the fact that we have five categories, that's one of the categories he's he's absolutely destroying in. Still number eighty five on the player radar. Gary Sanchez is he is he coming back? Is he becoming the Sanchez again? Fourteen games, he is hitting five home runs. He has five home runs. He's hitting two sixty seven, three oh six, six forty four. Is this is you know interesting? Right? Sorry, not to interrupt. Very good. Uh, but with a rise. He's actually 30 points behind Ruiz on the player raider, 30 spots behind Ruiz on the player raider. It shows you how much more valuable uh, steals are because even even with the more steals in the game, steals are just more valuable. <laughs> just They just are. They lead to more runs. They lead to, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, Arise is surprisingly low on the player radar. I'll give you that, but that is like that is so telling that he's eighty-five on the player radar. Anyway, Gary Sanchez. Uh, Gary Sanchez is a hundred percent. I don't believe you. No way. <laughs> he's ridiculous. I mean, he got, he had a hot week. Come on, come on. Hey, I had to bring it up. You know, he's getting picked up. I put in. A, I I think I picked him up because catcher is is so sad right now. Uh, I picked him up in a two-catcher, 15-teamer, so I'll, I'll ride it while he's hitting home runs. But, yeah, I don't. I, I agree. It, it's I don't believe you. Josh Naylor, who since the start of May has five home runs, two stolen bases. He's hitting 336, 379, 558. Is Josh Naylor like a legitimate corner infielder type, even a starter? Yeah, I think so. I think Josh Naylor is actually uh, probably – I mean, it's like you have to quantify the how much is scientific fact here. Like, I think he is scientific fact for what he is, for what he is, which is like, you know, to give you uh, like a, a tie France, but with a little less average potentially. Like he hits, he hits a ton of fly balls. Like his launch angle is pretty high. His fly balls, his fly balls are lower this year than they were last year, but they're they're still kind of high. Um, actually, excuse me, his fly balls are actually up this year. I was looking at the wrong column. Yeah, his fly balls are up. His launch angle is crazy. Like he hits a lot of he hits a lot of balls in the air, which is fine because he has power. Uh, but he's like not big power, so he's like twenty, you know, maybe twenty four homers. Uh, 260 average kind of, which isn't bad. I mean, that's, you know, someone, I think, someone asked uh, Josh Naylor or Jose Abreu 
And I, I mean, I think that's a fair, you know, now that Abreu is hitting for power again, which I don't know if that's going to last, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, if if Naylor's Naylor's probably going to be better than Abreu, uh, but I don't know. I kind of do like I like I like Abreu for if he's able oh. to hit for power. You're just buying back in, Gray. Just just yeah, just buying yeah, back yeah. in. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know what? So I'm saying, Josh Naylor's scientific fact. Jose Abreu scientific fact, even though you didn't ask. <laughs> and you don't even know what I'm saying scientific fact about. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying scientific fact for great, everyone. Great. You don't have to have, like, it does, it's a game show. Game shows don't have to make sense. Have you not learned this <laughs> over the years? Like, it, 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 just whatever seems like it, it's the right answer here. Um, <laughs> Spencer Steer, six home runs in May, four stolen bases in June so far. I, I don't know what I'm getting from Spencer Steer, but it's been pretty. It's been pretty decent. Yeah, and you know, like I think he's probably a sex panther in the uh, in the long in the long run. He's probably a sex panther because I mean his numbers in the minors kind of just eh. I mean, not not amazing. Like I think at some point he's gonna be like a 250 hitter with like, you know, like, you know, I just said Josh Naylor was like 24, 260 uh, with, you know, a handful of steals. I think Steer, even though Steer's got a much better stadium, I think Steer's going to be under that for power, probably under it for average to give you an idea. So I don't know. Is that, so that, I guess that's Sex Panther, I'm guessing. Um, But, but it's not, it's not necessarily terrible right now. It's just, Sex Panther in the big picture. It's a bunch of Brandon Drury's. Yeah, it's like Brandon Drury's Sex Panther. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan uh, Jones, who we touched on earlier, 15 games, four home runs, four stolen bases. He's hitting 360, 407. K rate's a little high right now, but that, you know, it's been 15 games. If you strike out, like, it, it looks real bad. Where are you at on Nolan Jones? You know, I really want Nolan Jones to be something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have him in any league, so it's not like I have like any ulterior motives here. But I, I really would like to see him, you know, get at bats and and break out. It's just like that whole Bud Black thing. I mean, Bud Black takes every scientific fact and makes it into "I don't believe you," and it just skips over the sex panthering like completely. Yeah. 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 So it's like it's so hard to it's so hard to say scientific fact on Nolan Jones, even though in cores, power, speed can, you know, I mean, the cores Babbitt makes everyone hit for a decent enough average. So it's like no one Colin Jones. Colin Jones, Colin Jones, who, 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 who he, he accidentally ate a matchbooks car. He's got, he's got Colin Jones in. Uh, yeah, no, I mean Nolan Jones, I think is probably at this point is going to be a sex panther because I want to think he's scientific fact. Bud Black's going to make him. I don't believe you. And then in the middle is where he's going to end up, which is going to be end up being a sex panther probably. I feel like you need to write a Colin Jones like movie for kids. <laughs> they yeah. have to go into the Colin, ER. Colin Jones sounds like the uh, X-rated version of Osmosis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I think right now. I think hey, during we gotta, hey, come on into this peep show. You want to see Colin Jones? Right? Like what? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't. No. I don't. 
Here, no, no. I, okay, just, maybe I'll watch a couple minutes. Just Black just, I just, I'm just interested in the plot. That's basically what Bud Black just said. Like, uh, maybe I'll watch a couple minutes. Because yeah. uh, I have yeah. to. Like, CJ Crone's hurt. Chris Bryant's hurt. So I think right now, like, Nolan Jones is... Hold, is the, hold, the, hold, the, hold the phone. Chris Bryant's hurt? What? <laughs> hold on a second. Really? Yeah. Who knew that a bunch of thirty-year-olds, thirty, like thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-seven-year-olds, would all get hurt? I mean, who I could know, see man. this coming? It seems, it seems inconceivable to me. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Bryant only has like seven more years. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the Rockies contract. It's gonna be. We're gonna be. <laughs> we're gonna be seven, in seven years. We're gonna be talking about Chris Bryant and then the Rockies. <laughs> Cubs fans would still like. There would be Cubs fans that will still tell you he would have been like, great. The funny, the absolute best part of this whole uh, Rockies Chris Bryant uh, contract is, you know for a fact, this is actually scientific fact that as soon as that contract's over, he's going to go back to the Cubs and have another MVP type year. <laughs> and the Rockies are going to be like, "Why did you not do anything for us?" <laughs> Absolutely. That is, that's a scientific fact. Okay. What do we got? We got waivers at some point? What are we doing? No, I mean, I was going to go through some pictures real quick for us, Gray. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go All ahead. right. Um, real quick, two more. Actually, that's a lie. We're not going to be quick because it's, it's us. Um, <laughs> Gunnar Henderson, real quick. In June, he's hitting 458, four home runs, two stone bases. K rate's down to 20%. Where are we at on the, on the anchorman scale with him? Uh, he's actually, he's absolutely scientific fact. I, uh, with Gunnar Henderson, I kind of wish, see, the problem is, and you know, if, if Stan, Stan's son, if son, uh, our NBA writer, uh, slash also he writes for baseball. Uh, he does the one man's trash articles. He got the backlash on Christopher Morrell. <laughs> Christopher Morrell was hitting, he was hitting a homer after homer after homer. And son was like, he wrote an article about selling him, and everyone was like, "Sell? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Is hitting a home run every game?" Um, but that's how I feel with like Gunnar Henderson. Like, and last month I should have been saying to buy Gunnar Henderson, but the problem with that is everyone like people have such myopic looks at like baseball, and they're like, "Buy? He just went over four, you big dummy!" <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Over four, you should have bought him when he was going over four. Now, anyway, Gunnar Henderson is absolutely scientific fact. He's going to be at the end of the season. I bet you he's going to be a top 100 overall, maybe top 75 uh, overall player. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's drafted again next year in like the top 50. Uh, he's going to be. I think he's going to be good for a long time, Gunnar Henderson. Like I think he's probably a guy. He's not going to have like the fantasy impact of like a Corbin Carroll or even like or even Jordan Walker. I think Gunnar Henderson, unfortunately, is more he, he's better for real baseball because he's well rounded, but he doesn't have like really standout numbers like some of the other guys. So I think he's going to be he's going to be good for a long time. I just don't think he's ever going to be like so good that we're talking about him like in the top five or something, you know. Right, kind of, kind of a uh, I don't know, like a Brian Reynolds, where like he's a really good real life player, but 
for our game, it just doesn't translate to the same same kind of value. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you like two pitchers, and then we'll move over to some, some bullpen and, and pickups news before we get out of here. Uh, John Gray, who is number one starting pitcher over the last month on the Player Raider Gray, I I, was, I saw him at the top, and I just had to I have to ask about him. <laughs> yeah, that is that is shocking. Well, he's definitely a sex panther because <laughs> he's got the name Gray. No, because of his numbers. I mean, he's I don't believe you. A, a sex panther leading into I don't believe you. Like I I like the uh, you know the. The ability to get wins with the Rangers seems like it should be it should stay there, and I don't think he's going to necessarily bottom out. Uh, but yeah, his strikeouts aren't really there. Uh, his like his underlying numbers are kind of iffy. Like he looks like he could be safe, like a safe number four to five fantasy starter, but he's not a number one. Like that's that's not. All right, and then Nathan Eovaldi, the number two starting pitcher over the player on the playwriter over the last month. Yeah, Eovaldi, uh, I think wasn't he like the number one starting pitcher over? Oh no, uh, Shane McClanahan's number one on the yeah. player writer right now. But Eovaldi's number two uh, overall for the season. Uh, anyway, Eovaldi is is more. He's more real. He's more scientific fact than John Gray. Like Eovaldi. Not necessarily this good, but Eovaldi could have like a under three or or low three ERA and solid Ks and, you know, give you, I don't know, 180 innings, like 180 innings of like an 8.5, 8.7 K per nine, a uh, low, low, good, really good command. I mean, that's what makes him so interesting. Is his command is probably under a two uh, walk per nine, and then you know that translates probably to at worst like a, a low three ERA, like maybe a three point three, and right now he's at two point five. So you know up a little bit from where he is, but again, Rangers should give him wins. So yeah, I think he Evaldi. I, you know, I was joking on the on the site. I joked around about like the AL Cy Young and the NL Cy Young, with Ivaldi being the AL and the NL being Julio Tehran. <laughs> <laughs> but I was only half joking because I wouldn't be shocked if Ivaldi has like uh, a Rick Porcello winning the Cy Young type year. Like Ivaldi, yeah, you can have that like twenty win, you know, twenty wins, five losses. Uh, a barely three ERA and in 180 innings or something. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that. So I like Eovaldi. I think he's more scientific fact than anything. Uh, I'm I am Sex Panther on Eovaldi. I I do not believe it. I would be selling. I would be selling for so much right now on Nathan Eovaldi. I can't I can't doubt what he's doing. You wouldn't have to sell it very hard. No. <laughs> You can sell it to me for nothing. (laughs) I'll basically give you anything except for Jose Abreu, obviously. Uh, 33-year-old having his career year does not seem reasonable to me. He has the best, like, home run to fly ball. Like, everything he has is the best. Like, I I don't believe believe you. Uh, I would be selling Anthony Evaldi. Let's talk about some bullpens real quick, Gray, and then we'll, we'll give some pickups and get out of here. Uh, right. Ryan Helsley's to the IL. 
Gallegos priority ad if you're looking for saves, correct? Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. I don't have much to add. I think Gallegos, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Helsley is out for a while. I mean, a forearm, what, what are they saying? Forearm strain? I mean, it's always so, you know, hard to pin down exactly what that means. I mean, that could mean anything from like three weeks to, you know, 14 months. So I, I don't know, but it's not good. Uh, so I would, yeah, I would go out and grab uh, Giovanni uh, Gallegos everywhere. Yeah, and I, I think there's a there was already kind of starting to be a split. This may be, even if Helsley comes back, I don't know that he steps right back into the job. It may be Gallegos' job. They they seem to like him in that role. Uh, Liam Hendricks to the IL. I know we all kind of hate to see that. Graveman, the guy down there. Yeah, yeah, I would go Graveman. I. You know, I wouldn't really – the White Sox aren't a great team this year, and I, I wouldn't speculate outside of him. If You know, if Lopez or, you know, uh, or Bummer or someone else gets a save or two, then I would just go with that person instead of Graveman. But right now, I would guess Graveman. Yeah. Uh, looking at the Angels, Carlos Estevez has allowed runs in two out of the last five, hits in three of, the, three of those last five. Got the saves in, in all of them still, or the the ones that he had opportunities for. I don't know if there's really anybody to take the job, but he's he's getting hit a little bit more here, Gray. Yeah, and then the, I think Ben Joyce had uh, arm issues or something, so he's out. And, yeah, and like you said, I don't think there's anyone else really there. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, not a great situation when he's getting hit around like that, but I I think his job is... For right now, at least, it's it's safe. Yeah. We all knew this. I think we talked about it two weeks ago, but Bud Black officially said it because that's about the timeline that Bud Black <laughs> works on. Uh, Pierce Johnson is officially, mercifully, out as the closer in Colorado. Uh, it's Justin Lawrence, Jake Bird, Daniel Bard is, is basically what he said. But it, it seems like it's Justin Lawrence. We we talked about that last week, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Justin Lawrence, I think, is the guy. And I wouldn't, again, similar to the White Sox, I wouldn't speculate any deeper than Justin Lawrence in anything outside of, like, NL only. Agreed. Uh, Jose Alvarado returns. Do you think this is still Kimbrell's job? He's actually been surprisingly fairly solid, like, this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Kimbrell is, yeah, I mean, I don't really love Kimbrell or Alvarado necessarily that much, but I think they have like maybe a 70-30 split right now with Kimbrell uh, on the 70 side. But yeah, I mean, it's probably a fluid situation. It depends too if Alvarado stays healthy because he had arm issues. So yeah, I don't know. Kimbrell is probably the only thing I would really go near in that situation. But uh, I could see Alvarado becoming the more dominant side of the closer situation. But Kim, like you said, I mean, Kimbrell's ERA is awful, but he's got like a 14-plus K per nine. I mean, he hasn't been that bad. No, if you look at the numbers, it's mainly like three blow-ups that's just right. caused yeah. it. That's what happens with closers. Um, right. It looks really bad, but if you let a closer pitch for like – you know, if he's getting blown up, you just leave him in there because you don't bring anybody else in. That's what happens. Right. And he wasn't necessarily the closer when those were happening. Um, so I do think there's a little bit of fluidity in, like, Alvarado, Sir Anthony, even Gregory Soto at times. They seem to, like, 
click and they're really good for a period of time. And so in those periods of time, I could see them adjusting and, and maybe going with kind of a split job. But I think it's Kim Rolls until something drastic happens. And this is another one we discussed last week. Clay Holmes seems to have gotten the, the closer roll back for the most part. Yeah, no, I think so. I think uh, I think Clay Holmes and, you know, outside of like AL only, I'd probably drop everyone else that you were speculating on in the Yankees bullpen for right now. And I would just say Clay Holmes is the guy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. If you want to hang on to Michael King because he's given you multiple innings and strikeouts and the numbers are good, then that's, that's fine. But uh, as far as saves go, I would expect it's mostly Clay Holmes moving forward. And now... Why don't you give the people some pickups and we'll get out of here, Gray. Okay, well, you mentioned earlier uh, Gary Sanchez. I'll add Nick Fortes. And also, uh, in Chicago, I picked up uh, Miguel Amaha, Ma- Amalia. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, <laughs> the, the catcher there. So those are a couple catchers you can look at. Uh, Jake Bowers has, you know, been hot. IKF. Uh uh, Isaiah kind of falafel uh, has been, you know, hot. You mentioned Tommy Pham earlier. Uh, Emmanuel Rivera, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. He's he's been really like hitting well. But you know they have Josh Rojas, and also for whatever reason they they play Longoria occasionally too, which really doesn't make any sense. Anyway, moving on. Um, Ryan Noda has been really hot for the A's. Uh, Brent Rooker. Seems to have like gotten hot again. Uh, the A's also, you know, as a team, were hitting well this past weekend, so that might have something to do with that. Uh, Altuve's been, you know, banged up. Uh, Mauricio Dubon has been good. He's been hot. He's he's kind of like a poor man's uh, Luis Arise, though, in some ways. Like yeah. he doesn't really have power or speed. Uh, Michael Taylor, who I mentioned earlier. He's been like a guy who I've actually had at utility in a 15-team mixed league for a while now. Uh, he's been pretty good. Surprisingly decent. Yeah, not, surprisingly not, decent. Not, 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 not exactly saying he's Corbin <laughs> Carroll, but surprisingly decent. Um, yeah, and then also, like in NL only, I bid on Will Benson uh, and Coco Montes, who we mentioned earlier. Um yeah, that's – who do you have? you have any pitchers beat on? Yeah, uh, Shamanaya has probably been grabbed, but he's been great over like the last month and a half. Pretty much just like figured his pitch picks out. Now, he's he's a sex panther. I, I, I'm I using him while he's good, but he's been good. Uh, Johan Oviedo gets the Cubs this week. Taiwan Walker at Oakland. We'll see if Oakland can continue their, their hot hitting, but I'm betting against it. In general, uh, Louis Varlin did struggle his last two outings, but he gets Detroit this week. Uh, ben v- Lively is is kind of in that same boat. He struggled the last couple. He gets at Kansas City, though. Julio Tehran is back from the dead. He gets Pittsburgh this week. Uh, Ranger Suarez, if you like, he he was available in a number of my leagues. Just kind of came back from the IL very quietly at Arizona. That's really not a bad one to start him. Didn't work last week. I'm doubling down on Adrian Hauser as he gets to go to Pittsburgh or gets Pittsburgh at home. Sorry, and then Kyle Hendricks is versus Arizona after a strong yeah, outing last. Yeah, I'm like Kyle Hendricks throwing a one hitter through uh, eight innings, right? Yeah, what is that? Kyle what is Hendricks that? was very strong. Hey, what's that? Hey, surprisingly <laughs> decent. Surprisingly decent. You could say that about <laughs> the Cubs, like. 
pitching staff in general, like across the board, surprisingly like decent. The, uh, not not to uh, already drag this thing out longer than it needs to, but I like how David Ross doesn't play Christopher Morrell for like five games, and then all of a sudden he's the number three hitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't take a guy out of the lineup and hit him number three. <laughs> You just don't do that. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't know what's going on in in Chicago with, with Chris Morrell. It's very frustrating as a Cubs fan. We'll leave it at that. You yeah. can, if you have specific questions, as always, come find us on Twitter. I'm at, at RazBeatOn. Gray owns the at RazBall account. Find us on YouTube.com slash RazBallFantasy. Like, rate, review, comment. All that stuff wherever you're listening to us at, on the podcast or on YouTube. And until next week, Gray, talk to you later. Thanks.